And welcome to this week's Austin Elite Supporters Podcast. It's your home for all things Austin Elite Rugby. It's been you know, about a week or so, a week and a half, I'd say, since I last spoke to y'all. And I took a really nice vacation last week and got some time away from Austin. And I think it was well needed, well deserved. But I want to get right to it. This week's podcast, we're going to bring to you another player interview. I had a really great time talking with this young lad. And we're going to give you a quick recap of the games against Utah and New Orleans, give you a preview of Thursday's game against Toronto, and then we'll talk about the supporters group stuff. And not just ours. It's a jam-packed episode this week, and I want to get right into it. So I hope you enjoy this week's player interview. What's your one source for all the interviews with the Austin Elite players, with the coaching staff with members of the front office, but here on the supporters podcast. And of course, once again, we have another great player coming onto the podcast to join us today. Today, we welcome Mo Abdalmanim to the podcast. Mo, thanks for joining us today. How are you, man? I'm good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks for joining us. Uh, for those of you that are listening, if you hear a little bit of background noise here from my microphone, it's because we are having a torrential downpour and storm around my house right now, <laughs> and I don't record in any sort of you know fancy studio, so we won't block that out. So please disregard those. But you know, hopefully we can still have a good chat here with Mo. Mo, you know we uh, we talked you know before we started recording the podcast. If you getting on the team, um, you know a little bit later in the season, but. I, I'd love for you to take a couple minutes here and just tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are, where you're from, um, you know, what got you into rugby when you were a kid and, you know, just uh, some some fun fun things to know about you right now. Uh, all right. Um, we'll start off with uh, where I'm from. I'm originally uh, Egyptian, uh, born and raised in Egypt. Uh, then I moved to the Middle East for a bit in Qatar where I went to school as well. And then around the age of 17, I moved to Canada, uh, you know, to go to school, get, um, become a Canadian citizen and everything. And then uh, somehow I ended up in Austin playing rugby. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah. That's it's, it's an interesting track record, uh, you know, so obviously you, you've gone from, you know, uh, well, all over the place. Uh, that's that's a lo- lot of miles traveled in, in your life so far, especially, you know, being, you know, a fairly young lad of 26. So um, so g- getting into rugby, I mean, in, you know, growing up in Egypt, was rugby something that was big for you or, you know, in my mind, when I think Egypt, I think, you know, it's tradition of soccer yeah. um, or, 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 you know, football as it, as it should be called, but, um, yeah. <laughs> but we call it soccer here in the U.S. But, you know, how did that, how did rugby come about for you? Well, uh, yeah, obviously in, in Egypt, uh, the, the main sport where everyone breathes and lives is uh, football, uh, soccer, as you want to wish to call it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll continue with football. We'll be football, all right with yeah, that one. All right. Sweet. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, I got into uh, like, I just started playing football and I, I really loved football and my little brother <laughs> was really good at it. He, he actually went and became a uh, pro for a few years. And uh, oh, wow. 
Yeah, no, and uh, I don't know, like, um, I think, like, my physicality in playing football kind of slowly pushed me towards rugby. So I was telling, uh, actually, I was telling Dougie today, uh, we were chatting um, about just playing football and all. I remember, like, uh, uh, living in the Middle East, uh, playing football with everyone, because as well, football is, a, is, a, is life over there. Um, as I'm playing, you know, I got a little bit too aggressive with some of the players and, you know, a little, <laughs> little scuffle starts coming out. And then, you know, I think, I don't know, competitive edge, I guess. Like, I love winning. I love, like, being, like, you know, being on top. So, obviously, uh, football is a little uh, little less physical than you sh- it should. Got a little bit he- heated with a couple of players and then definitely in school i remember going to school in the mornings you play football in the morning before you go into school i got a little bit more heated as well so i was like i think i should figure out another sport where i can get my anger and my aggression out without getting in trouble <laughs> so, so something that isn't quite as touchy as uh being on the uh the football pitch right <laughs> yeah just uh just something because like I'll, i would be that fella who would come from like you know 10 meters out and just slide you just just to take you out so so that being said how many uh how many red cards do you have in your football career i've got not, i don't have many red cards but i have a lot of fights that I, I heard. <laughs> so, there's not too many it's just yellow cards and you know scuffles and then that's pretty much it obviously so you started picking up rugby um at what age did you start playing rugby in, in egypt uh i start like i think we were in great years three or four you play a little bit in PE class like nothing crazy because mm-hmm. we went to English schools so uh, just you know touch rugby in class and tag rugby like with the ribbons and then yep. slowly uh, when I then I moved to Qatar and and there like uh, like four of our main sports at school was football uh, um, football basketball cricket and rugby so we got into so I got into rugby and just, I don't think I, I looked back ever since. I just really enjoyed it. I uh, didn't really take it too seriously. I just, I just really enjoyed playing, mm-hmm. and like you know, your friends and all that. And then, and then I uh, got to move to Canada, and then still I was enjoying playing rugby. I enjoyed like what I did, but I wasn't taking it seriously because I was going to school at the time. But then as soon yeah. as I was done school, I really like wanted to pick up uh, another level. So I, I went to New Zealand for the year and played over there. And then I came back and uh, was looking to get signed with an MLR team. And luckily, I got landed Austin. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and, and obviously, I think we're excited and we were super happy. I was really excited to to hear about you coming onto the team. Um, albeit, you know, as we talked before the podcast, some of those uh, visa issues that we've had uh, this year plague us uh, as, as, a, oh, as, as an organization. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah i mean you, you came in probably what is it the uh your first game was was glendale, glendale right yeah. uh, on on march 9th so how did that feel right so you've been you know you started playing you know you were up with um i, I believe it was uh um james bay right yeah uh, uh, so you were at james bay and then that experience from there and then coming into mlr on march 9th what was that like is your your first match uh as a as a professional uh player for in the u.s for major league rugby 
uh, obviously it's a static, right? Like uh, it's something you work really hard to to get to. So I was really happy that I got to this point where I I was able to play a professional professionally in the sport. But uh, the the level definitely uh, I just needed like probably 10, 10 minutes in the field just to just to adjust mentally. Do you understand what I mean? Because uh, it's, it's just quite hard to 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 come into a, a, a game and you know like it's different from watching. Watching is all good. But once you start playing, you're just like, oh, I'm playing at this level before. I need to pick it up a notch. Uh, what do I need to do? So it was definitely a great experience. And I'm, I'm glad I, I went well in my first game in the MLR and, and then <laughs> crash and burn really quickly. <laughs> crash it. Yeah, no, I don't think you crash and burn really quickly. I thought that. I, yeah, I think obviously the first game you came in, um, if my memory serves me correct, you had what three or four turnover balls and and a try. Yeah, Is that yeah, correct? No, yeah, wasn't too bad. <laughs> so, I, I, yeah, that's a, that's a, you know, I'd say that's a pretty good start for your uh, your major league rugby career. So I think that that's something you can definitely be proud of. But uh, you know, I don't I don't think you've crashed and burned. And I think a lot of the statistics would not say that you crashed and burned either. I mean. I do still believe uh, I haven't looked at the latest stats uh, in the past week or two um, as I've been on vacation um, for uh, total turnover balls. But I do believe you still lead the league in turnover balls. To, to, do you know anything about yeah, that? Are, uh, you, are you up to date on all the stats? Uh, one, of the, one of the lads for a game, like the commentators told me that I'm pretty happy. But I don't as well as like, uh, to be honest, uh, I don't think <laughs> there's not many turnovers for the amount of games we've played. There's like... I think it was like eight or seven. I'm not really sure, but that's not a lot for yeah. for what I like to do personally. But I I think this league <laughs> still needs uh, it's still growing, right? So still the rugby rules are evolving as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and I'll you know kind of getting into you know talking a little bit about the season stuff. I'll definitely agree with that. You know, I do think that you know on, on the positive side, I've definitely seen you know. When you came onto the field against Glendale, and you know, watching the game, you know, at at home, we all kind of looked at it and went, "Wow, wow, Mo has been—he kind of transformed the defense a little bit." And I think a little bit has, you know, has been that that input has been helpful for us, no doubt about it. Because I feel as though when you're able to get on the field and take that turnover ball, it kind of puts you know, us in that, that good position to say, you know, our defense is stout. You know, we've obviously, we tend to do more of the tackling because you know, we're not holding on and retaining the ball long enough, but for you to get that turnover ball is super important. So my question for you now then is, you know, as, as you're saying, we have not as much turnover ball as we should have. You know, what do you think some of the things are, you know, that are going on that are kind of preventing us from getting that turnover ball? Do you feel as though the opponents are just holding on to it, you know, better and maintaining control? Or do you think that, you know, we're just not getting in there fast enough to get that turnover ball that we need? Um, it's not that we're not getting in there fast enough. I think we're actually getting in a bit too fast uh, for the referees. I think like... A lot of the referees in this league are are great, but there's still um, a little bit of a difference from like the highest level of you what you see usually on TV. So I think like yeah. um, just just the the speed around the breakdown is still a work on in in the league, I believe. So I, sometimes it's uh, people like 
for me, like uh, I've been like told on numerous occasions by the referees, I need to like be a little bit more clearer when I'm going for a ball. So just so they can see it. So I'm, yeah. I'm just, I, I assume it's just a little bit of, they just need a little bit more time of seeing things quickly and adapting to it. Uh, so it, as the league grows on, as as more more experience comes, um, the the stats for turnovers will go up. But for now, I think more people are being um, rather safe than sorry. Uh, just leave the ball. Don't don't go in too much. Just so you don't get a penalty against your team and at a costly time. Just leave the ball. Recycle. Fan out and and just play again. Just more tackles than than turnover balls at this point. Yeah, for sure. And, and I definitely think that that's something that's really important. Um, you know, we, we continue to see it, you know, obviously we, we talk about the, the season so far and it's been, it's been tough and, and I, you know, people can talk about it on social media all they want and they can you know blame whatever. And uh, it's I, what I don't like to hear is anybody who says that you guys aren't out there giving it 110% every game. Cause you know, I've seen the matches and we've really been in every single one of the matches minus, you know, we'll, this, the two San Diego games, but you know, obviously San Diego is playing outstanding mm-hmm. rugby right now. Um, so, so for you guys, like, I think that, that it is true. Like you, you are at the point right now where you are getting in there quick and Maybe, as you said, some of the referees and, you know, we watch it as fans and a lot of us are very experienced in the sport and and can see what's going on and watch a lot of rugby that there are some times where I do think that we are getting, as you said, those penalties um, for, you know, we'll call it going too quick into that ruck and going after the ball too quick rather than, you know, that tackle and release and immediately getting right back down on top of them and trying to rip the ball away, Um, which, again, I think that you you are. You know, probably one of the best, if not you know, the best in the league about you know getting that turnover ball quickly, um, and then trying to yeah. avoid the penalty at the same time. <laughs> as you said, so. <laughs> I really thrive because you know, like I'm not uh, the biggest stature for a forward, so I really thrive on on getting in, and that was always my thing when I'm playing rugby. Is I'm very good at getting into the ball and getting a turnover, and then just uh, the past few times I've just been seeing like really harsh calls go against me but that's rugby though right you go adapt to what the referee says and how the re- and what referee you get you can get a really good referee you can get a really bad referee it's just how you adapt and but like regardless of what happens I, I know yep. the boys they'll never give up playing and they'll put 110% bodies on the line every week yeah, absolutely. And, you know, for those of you who don't know, you know, how big Mo is, Mo's 5'10", and he's built like a brick house. So, uh, you know, just with, with, with him saying that he's not as big for, for a back rower, you're, you're a good, you're a good size. You're stout and you can, you can take on some guys. So I was like, we, we, we've seen you play, man. You don't have to say that you're not big enough for back rower, but, but it's true. But I think that a lot of teams do run, it's maybe here in, in MLR, there are a couple guys that aren't, you know, six four six two or six three as far as their their loose forwards and you know they're they're kind of built like you they're you know stocky and you know the strength is where it comes from and i think that's where you're getting some of the you know your ability to get that turnover ball quickly so let's uh, let's take a step back and you know let's talk on kind of the larger scale um you know what's kind of 
let's talk a bit about the mindset of what's going on with the team right now. Um, obviously, this week is a, is a short week. Uh, it's kind of odd because, you know, um, we tried to go play Toronto a couple weeks ago and the weather was absolutely terrible. And it was terrible all through the country. And, um, you know, so now we had to find a way to make it up. So we're going to play on a Thursday night game. It's like the NFL. So this is our this is our Thursday night special Hopefully, for right. uh, for Major looking League Rugby. Outside, looking outside the window right now, I feel <laughs> like we might not be going anywhere again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. See, it's calmed down here at my house. It's now moved up to where Mo lives, who lives a little bit north of oh where I do. God. So, uh, <laughs> but yeah, right. Nah, you'll be all right. It'll be good. You'll, you'll get out on time, and everything's going to be right for you guys. But let, let, let's talk about it um like tell me what the mindset is right now with the lads you know tell me what you what you're thinking about what what the other guys are thinking about um because you know we know i I talk with the guys pretty pretty frequently and you know we're just kind of curious you know what's going Uh, through your mind uh, obviously it's uh, it's been a pretty tough season uh for all for all of us uh but you know at the same time just like i really like look at the positives at things yes um, some people might not agree with what i'm saying but there is positives you can take out of anything especially something like this and i think this is the best case scenario so like just seeing the boys still coming out still putting 110 percent into trainings into the gym and and their passion hasn't died like they're hungry like i look on some one boys like when we lose and you come home you know, and you see your roommates like down and they, they're a little bit harsh on yourself and you need to pick them up. You can still see the passion is still there. Like there's like the boys are putting everything they can. Yeah. The season might've not turned out the way we wanted to and most of the games, but regardless of what happens, we're, they're never going to give up. And, and that's something important in every week, regardless of what game we play, we see improvements in every aspect of our game. It's hard, like you touched before, with visas and, and injuries and, and everything holding us back every week. But again, we still try to push forward as much as we can. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that's, I, I think, as a professional athlete and you know whether it be rugby or basketball or football <laughs> proper football and american football uh, <laughs> i had to throw that one back in there for a minute <laughs> yeah right <laughs> but I, I think it is important right you know there uh, teams go through these a lot it happens in a lot of sports where you you don't have uh you know the, your best of seasons you don't have you know, you have games that are really close and it's just one bounce of the ball, as I yeah. usually say, is, you know, goes one way or the other and and we have wins. And, and that's really how it is. And you think about if, you know, if, if we have, you know, no. the game against New Orleans, the first one, if we if we didn't kick that ball away, you know, you could say what is if you don't kick the ball away or if, you know, you make one tackle or if yeah. they would have called the knock on because it went off of his hand onto his foot um again we'll talk about referees another time and we've we've already gone through that but i think that that's something that that's you know if you have tmo and you go back and look at it or if you have other things which we don't have in this league then you just have to play it but something like that we would have won 
and we would have beat the number one team in Major League Rugby at that time, but unfortunately it didn't happen. So taking those positive things are really important, and I'm glad to hear that there's still that positive outlook. Um, I, I think that's important. Um, you know, of course, we'd all be down and dejected, and you'd probably get in some little bit of trouble for saying that you guys are all negative right now, too. So, <laughs> uh, like, uh, sorry, Mo, you you won't be playing this week, or the rest of you, you're now in trouble and getting fined. The good thing about the podcast is, you know, the people do listen to it, but you, this isn't national yeah, TV not. broadcast, so you don't get in too much trouble. Yeah, but yeah, I'm just telling you how it is. You know, like the boys are so positive, especially some of us for this Toronto game, especially because this is personal for some of the Canadian boys like we've we play, we've been playing against these most of these yeah, fellas um, for a while uh, like throughout the, throughout the year like club and 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 provincial and and representative rugby so it's it's, it's personal we want to go out there and really give Toronto a good run and and take the win from them to really chop them at their legs <laughs> so if you suppose yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I think, you know, as, and, and, and let's talk about that a little bit. Let's talk about, you know, kind of your mindset. You know, I, I know it's you and, you know, the Larson brothers and Doug and uh, oh, who else am I forgetting here? Uh, Aiden. Oh, Aiden. Yeah, Aiden. Yeah, I forgot about Aiden. But, you know, yeah. getting getting ready for this game, you know, um, you know, obviously Toronto's playing really well right now. Um, they've yeah, they've won yeah, yeah. they've won three in a row and they they look solid. They made a couple, uh, I believe they made a couple additions a couple uh, past couple of weeks to, to the team. Yeah. Um, you know, people back in and getting some some new guys into the into the fold. Um, what's your you know what are you thinking or you'd like to see from the game? You know, the opening couple minutes uh, th- going throughout the game. What are some important factors that's going to help you? You know, if, if you're thinking about it from your standpoint, that's going to help you and the team kind of get forward and get on the good foot and, and hopefully pull out this win. Honestly, just just pedal to the metal, I guess you, you'd say. Just going down their throats. Like, um, I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, Toronto is not... A- Unfortunately, I must apologize. The weather caused an issue, and we actually lost... Mo's end of the interview um and and that just stinks unfortunately it happens from time to time but i'll make sure we get mo on again i really enjoyed talking to him his interview questions at the end were fantastic there was even some talk of who has the best barbecue whether it be uruguay or austin considering that a couple weeks ago, we talked about Andres Villaseca said that the Uruguayan barbecue is better. But overall, a great interview with Mo. I really want to thank Mo again for coming on the podcast. It's always a joy to talk to the players. And we had a good couple laughs. I think it was, you know, it's great that this is what it's all about, right? Learning about rugby, learning about the players, and, and then to see, you know, how they are taking in Major League Rugby, their thoughts, their feelings, 
and then just have a good chat. And that's what I love about doing this podcast. It's given me the opportunity to meet a lot of these guys, and we'll continue to do it throughout the rest of the year, throughout the off season, and into next year as well. You know, we talked about it with Mo a little bit. It's we all know it, man. It's been it's been a tough season, and for us, we've had so many many close games and near misses and balls that bounce one way that if they bounce the other way we get a w i know everybody's frustrated it shows up on social media and we all kind of talk about it and some people more so than others but we got to remember that these are our players and we need to continue to support them this is austin's major league rugby team now, I know there are lots of other teams here in Austin who do really well. I mean, shout out to the Blacks who are Division One, Division Two, and Divisional Three title contenders right now. And that's fantastic. And that's what we need to start supporting each other through and through. So let's continue to keep trying to do this. Continue to build the group together. Not so much negativity, not so much... You know, let's get down on everybody and talk about what's wrong. Yeah, we can talk about, you know, a lot of different things when it comes to, you know, coaching decisions or, you know, performances, et cetera, et cetera. We need to keep in mind that we are the youngest team in Major League Rugby, but we're building for the future. We're building more. We're building out our team. And that's important for us to continue to remember. Get back off my soapbox for a minute there. Let's get back to talking about the game against Utah. And I think that we realize it almost instantly when on the kickoff, we were called for a penalty. You know, being in front of the kicker is probably one of the worst things you can do because it's you just have to wait for the, the ball to go. Wait for them to drop, kick it. That way, the game starts off properly. And, and that's that, that was just frustrating. And, you know, Utah took advantage of that pretty quickly. And again, another broken tackle. And... 7 nothing to the Warriors within five minutes. And again, we see this over and over again, us giving up that early score or, you know, broken tackles, et cetera, et cetera. After that try, Austin, I think they stepped it up a little bit more. I mean, five minutes after that try, J.P. Aguirre raced through the line, broke, like broke the Utah player in half with a monster tackle to turn the ball over. And then that really ignited, uh, you know, a period of dominance for Austin. And, you know, we got rewarded 18, in the 18th minute. We drove over the line, and Juan Echeverria claimed the try for us. And I think that's great. Love seeing the front rowers get the tries. And we need to keep doing that. And I think that was this dominance of our scrum in the first half of that game. And, of course, right after that, you had probably one of the best moves I've seen, you know, this season when Rodrigo Silva offloaded uh, uh, probably the flattest pass ever to Andres Villaseca, drove down before J.P. Aguirre was able to get the offload to score, and we led the game 12-7, you know, at the 20-minute mark. But, again, just some defense that really hurt us. Uh, we missed tackles, and they had some line breaks. And Utah was able to get over on a James Simple try to give the lead back to them at 14-12. That ended the first half, and you know, really, 
we, we had a lot of pressure. We started off really terribly, but quickly got back on the good foot and continued to produce strong runs, good tackles. And, and really at 14-12, it was a solid game. But I think it's been something that we see a lot. We have a strong first half and then some something happens at halftime. And the second half was no different against Utah, where Utah came out just all guns a blazing. Um, and really, they, they just attacked and attacked and attacked and attacked and attacked. And we couldn't get the ball really in the other the opponent's half. It's tough to watch for that. And Utah continued to push and scored one try. And then, you know, with 14 minutes left to play, they scored another try. And again, we, we continue to get punished by silly mistakes and you know our attacking was a little bit on the slower side and with 14 minutes to play it was 28 12 two utah tries you know around the 66 minute is when they really started kicking off that kind of put us on the back heel and then you know when roughly around like the 75th minute or so you know they had uh, you know, it got nominated one of the runs of the week, but it, it was just kind of sad to see six Austin defenders not able to stop, you know, one of the top try scorers for the Tongan national team or the actually he is the top trying score try scorer for the Tongan national team. Yeah, we just the bad tackling it, it kills us. And, you know, Fetu, uh, I'm going to butcher the name, Vani Colo. Um, you know, he scored a try with four minutes left to play, putting the score at 35 to 12. You know, we did finish the game on a positive note around the 82nd minute in injury time, if you want to call it that or whatever you want to call it. Austin did a couple quick pick and goes and, you know, we scored the try, giving us a 35 to 19 loss. And of course, we were still at the bottom of the table with four points. Then we get into last week's game against Nola. And again, the first minute of the game, Nola scores. And again, it's on a broken tackle. And it's just, and I think it's just, you know, it's it's a dream start for Nola. And they're fighting, you know, for that top playoff spot. And we really, we tried to battle. We had a bunch of errors again. The field was a little bit sloppy, but you can't really do much for that. But Nola fought back, and in the 30th minute, again, they had another offload on a bad tackle, and Nola scored again through Ignacio Dotti to make the score 12 to nothing. The One of the bright spots of the game against Nola was the performance of Dominique Bailey. And man, if you have not seen the hits that he was putting in and, and the run that I thought was the run you know, the best run of the week and the best try of the week. He broke off a 50 meter run that cut through maybe seven NOLA defenders to put us at 12, seven at the break. And, and that is something that we need to take a lot of positivity from because Dom was playing fantastic and he stepped up big time and we, we pushed and we pushed and a 12, seven, you know, scored at halftime is a great score for us. And we were right in there. However, instantly, as happens in nearly every single game, the first thing in the second half, Nola came out and scored quickly twice. 
first in the 43rd minute, taking the lead to 19 to seven. And then three minutes later, they scored again, 26, seven after a quick ball, broken tackle again, again, that's is, there's so many, our, our tackling discipline and our tackling abilities have just hurt us in the past and they continue to hurt us. And I don't know how to fix it. I don't know. I will never claim to be the one to say, how do you fix your problem with tackling? I don't know. But we did manage to score once more right at the end of the game, as we usually do. And final score of that game was 26-14. With the win, Nola goes to top of the table. Again, 9-3 and with 50 points. And we are still down at the bottom with four points. And that's it's always tough. It's uh, 0-12, four points. We've given up a lot this year. We've, you know, you, you look at some of the statistics and you know, we've only scored 204 points, you know, all season. And we've given up 357. Now, granted, Utah and Houston have given up more, but still, that's that's a lot of points. That is a lot of points. And, and we just, we don't score a lot of tries. We Our defense has been, you know, tough. We've definitely conceded a lot of penalties. And, and I think one of the things that, if you look at statistics throughout Major League Rugby, Austin, we only have 70 offloads for the season. And that is not a lot of offloads. That means that we're getting tackled and not being able to get the ball away quickly and playing slow ball out, which allows the defense time to set up, which doesn't put them on the backfield, which means our gain line, our gain line achieved percentage is extremely low, which we talked about a couple weeks ago. We are second from the bottom, right behind Houston with 37 line breaks. And put that in comparison, the next teams after after us have 50 and that means they've broken the line 50 times again putting the opponent back on the back foot that's something that we're, we're trying to continue to work on and you know, that, that's what we got to keep doing we have a lot of handling errors and and that hurts us but when it really comes down to it i think we have not been winning our scrums we, we tend to get, I say dominated, but we tend to get pretty beat up in the scrums from time to time. I know I'm, I'm being a little bit negative, but we need to be cognizant of what our scrums are looking like and how we are winning and how we are performing in our scrums because that's big for us. Because solid scrummaging allows the ball to get out to the back so that they can get through and try to make those line breaks. All right, that's enough about the previous matches. Let's talk about this week's match. It's the makeup match from the canceled or the postponed, excuse me, Toronto game a couple weeks ago when there was so much bad weather throughout this middle of the country that they're trying to find a date to make it up. So we're going to play Thursday night in Toronto, 7 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Central. Starting lineup is, uh, I, 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 I like the starting lineup. It's, um, it's a little bit different. We're changing things up a little bit. Um, it looks like we got a couple guys out on injury, a couple guys getting a rest from last week's game, knowing that we got to play again this week. And, you know, same with Toronto. Haven't seen their lineup yet, but, you know, we'll, we'll talk about them a little bit later, too. Starting off, we got Lerome White coming in at one. Pete Malcolm's going to be our hooker. Mason Peterson coming in at tight head. 
You got Josh Larson and the lone Ronan McCuster from the New England Free Jacks. It's good to see him. He got on the pitch last week. Looked really solid coming in at the two lock positions. Kyle Breitenbach, after he got busted up in his eye. Man, if you guys saw that, he got really hammered. So hopefully he's doing well. Mo, we had on the podcast, obviously. We talked to him. He's going to be lining up at, it looks like, open side flanker there. And then... You know, the the stalwart for the Canadian, you know, Travis Larson back there at eight. I think he's been in every single game. And man, he just puts in good performances all the time. So Heel comes in at nine, giving uh, Marcelo a, a bit of a break. Uh, don't know actually what's going on with um, uh, Mikel Romero. So uh, ho- hopefully he's, he's well. Hopefully he's just being rested uh, over the past couple of weeks. Rugby takes a toll on you. Rodrigo Silva slots in once again at fly half. Aiden McMullen will come in at 11. Andres Villaseca at inside center. Simone Bienvenu, he's going to get his first start of the season at outside center. Reese Sarnacki at 14. And captaining the team back at fullback will be, of course, Zenny. Glad to see him get his first captain of the season on this one. Good bench, too. I think Philip Hansen, local Austin guy, he's going to be on the bench. Dom, he's also on there. JP Aguirre, uh, Andrew Siniola getting on the field again once more this season. Hopefully he can provide some of that uh, experience and expertise that he has um, when he comes onto the field. It's, it's good to see him get on every now and then. Tian Erasmus, Juan Echeverria, Rikus, and Marcelo Toriaba, they will also be on the bench. and Hopefully they'll provide that quick jump that we need to get into Toronto. Looking forward to the match. The weather looks to be terrible again. <laughs> I just think that's consistent with almost every single Austin match this year. So, fortunately, that's what it is. Nothing we can do about it. That's all I got for you for this week's team updates. Finally, I want to talk about some supporters group stuff. So I think it's uh, been there's been some ups and downs, and we talked about it, you know, with the supporters group. There, I know people have some issues with all the negativity, but you know, let's try to stay positive. And I mean, we, we got to continue to support the team. It's it's hard enough to get people to start understanding the game of rugby, but we really need to get them to be a part of the team and a part of the group. I know people have history with Austin Elite and other local clubs, but I think if we continue to fight and bicker about stuff and let the past and not let the past be the past, then you know that hurts us. I truly believe that Austin is trying to build a a rugby community and it's going to take time as it always does. Nothing happens overnight. Look at Major League Soccer, they almost failed in the first couple of seasons and now look at it. Okay. So do me a favor, try to be better on social media for us in the supporters club as we continue to promote the team. And if for some reason that is, you don't feel as though you want to be able to support the team. I, I will ask the question, why are you in the supporters club? If you want to talk negative about the team and not support the team, don't be just negative. Give some positives about that for me too, please we got another special interview for you. I hope you enjoy this. This is a little bit different, and 
I really enjoyed doing this, and you'll see why here in a second. So as you guys know, have you listened to podcasts over and over again, you know that I am a big fan of promoting the rugby community, not just here in, in Austin, Texas, not just here in the United States and in North America, but around the world. We have people who listen from South Africa to Argentina to Uruguay to Canada, uh, and they're all over the place. And I think it's really important for us to continue to expand the game of rugby here in MLR. And here in the state of Texas, it's great. But I also wanted to say, hey, there's people around Major League Rugby who also have supporters group who are doing amazing things. And I think it's something that is to be commended. And I think it's something to be promoted. And so one thing that I want to start doing here on the podcast is bringing in one of our opponents, supporters group members. And so this week, what better way to start off than to start off with our opponent for Thursday night's game? Against the Toronto Arrows, we're going to welcome Chris Creasel to the podcast. Chris, thanks for joining us today. How are you, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you joining us. And so we just kind of want to know, you know, how are things going in Toronto? First season for you guys. You guys are playing well, but, you know, how are things with the supporters group? How did you guys get started? You know, fun facts. What do you guys do before matches? Uh, Tell us about what it's like to be a member of the supporters group for the Toronto Arrows. So it all really started with a group of four friends were sitting around the pub uh, talking about how excited we were that professional rugby was coming to Toronto and, and, you know, planning whether we were going to get season tickets. And one of the guys came up with the idea, why don't we just start a supporters club? Because I guarantee you nobody else has yet. So we, we looked and sure enough, nobody had. So we took it upon ourselves and it's all history from there. Nice. Are you guys uh, working closely with uh, the Toronto's Air- Toronto Arrows organization um, in, you know, just kind of saying, hey, you know, what can we do to help out? Or, you know, what are some of the things you've been kind of communicating with them um, in any way, way, shape or form? Well, we've been talking to the club for sure and, and making sure that whatever they've got going on that, that we're nearby um, in terms of the pregame and postgame parties. You know, the, the club always has a, a postgame party. At, uh, at a particular venue close to the close to the stadium and uh, we make sure that we're there for that as well as hosting the pregame party oh that's great so do you guys do kind of the you know here down in, in texas we do a, a tailgate every before all the home matches do you guys do kind of that traditional quote-unquote tailgate um out before the games you know drinking beers or you know bringing food or you know well, we've done a crawfish boil i don't know what you guys do, a, a poutine bake-off uh, up there or anything we actually we haven't been doing any tailgating because unfortunately right now tailgating is not legal here so Really? Absolutely. Okay. There's actually been talk about recently, but that's a bit of a political hot potato around here. <laughs> <laughs> the the hard politics of Toronto, Canada. Can you or can you not tailgate? Uh, we'll, we'll find out on the, uh, the the 2019 ballot. Well, fortunately, the the local pubs have been have been really great in showing their support both uh, for the games uh, the, at the first venue we had at York University, and uh, and also now at Lamport Stadium at Williams Landing Pub, which is where. We have our, our Sunday games. 
Oh, that's fantastic. So, you know, are these pubs within walking distance for you guys uh, from this to the stadium or do you, is it a bit of a hike for, for you all right now? No, they're always in, within walking distance. And I think that's really important um, for if, sure. If you're going to be getting a, a few drinks and you, you don't want to be driving to the vent. <laughs> so, um, you know, in both cases, I mean, more specifically with the with the game coming up tomorrow, it's uh, it's about 10 minutes away. It's just across campus. It's actually a beautiful campus, too. So it's a nice walk. Yeah. So, you know, really what's as you guys have grown, obviously, first year for Major League Rugby for you in Toronto. So that's that's fantastic. We're looking forward to, you know, three more expansion teams next year. What's been the level of interest in the community for you guys as far as, you know, uh, you know getting a Major League Rugby team in town? There's been a ton of interest, actually. We were really impressed with the sellout crowd at the home opener, which which was really mind blowing. And and, you know, all the traditional rugby fans that have been around playing in the many many clubs around the toronto area are, are definitely showing up and showing their support so there's a lot of buzz another benefit we're seeing is that it's attracting new fans to rugby so so folks that are you know toronto being a traditional hockey city you're seeing a lot of brand new people getting introduced to rugby and showing up to the games and discovering what a fantastic game it is yeah and i, and I think that that's probably the biggest thing that that I really want I keep promoting down here in Austin, Texas. Obviously, you know, Texas is the home of, of football here uh, in the U.S., gridiron football, if you will. Um, and so we are kind of hoping that this continues to kick off for us, too. And it's great to hear that, you know, some of those hockey fans are really being strong supporters of you know, rugby in Toronto. That's, that's something that's to be said. So uh, keep, keep that up. You know, of course, you know, the hockey fans, they got to love the kind of roughness of it, you know, the back and forth and, you know, nonstop action. Cause it, yeah, a little bit of hockey in there and, you know, some of the, you know, the hits thrown and whatnot. And that, that's probably good for him. Yeah, absolutely. It's one of the, one of the best parts about rugby is, is the flow of the game. There's never a dull moment. It's not like many, many sports where you can look away for 10 minutes, come back and, and, you haven't missed much rugby. If, if you miss 10 minutes, it's an eternity. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, obviously we, we talked about it be- right before, you know, season one for Toronto and major league rugby. Um, the game that you guys came down and played us was a hard fought match. You know, I think it was a, a one point or a couple point loss uh, to you guys. I think you actually brought down the sleet and the hail and the <laughs> snow from Toronto when you played us, which was terrible. Um, so, and, and I think every game that we're going to play you guys from now on is just going to be terrible because what you guys are forecasting some, some pretty, brad rain and stuff tomorrow as well right yeah it's not looking great but uh hopefully it's not as bad as it was last time <laughs> yeah I, I don't think we're gonna get any snow for you guys but uh we've already done that once this season let's not do that again <laughs> oh yeah yeah for all of you that didn't see that match uh you know, chris if you want to talk about you know your snow apocalypse bowl the snowball that you guys had up there in uh was it glendale right yeah it was in glendale and uh, unfortunately we ended up with a great big snow dump to the point where where officials were having to shovel off the lines so we could see where the, where the field was and, and that wasn't that wasn't pleasant uh, and it was a unfortunately our, our only one-sided loss all season long yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, you know, so we'll consider that probably the the bad part of the season so far. What have been some of the good things that you guys have seen? You know, what do you think as far as the team, as far as the supporters? You know, what are some of the positives that you guys have seen in season one? Well, definitely the highlight was the sellout home opener. Uh, really put an exclamation point on the amount of excitement and buzz there is around the, the Toronto area and, and Canada as a whole for professional rugby. So it's it's long overdue. We're really happy to see it come 
to this area specifically. Um, connecting with some of the other rugby fans has been has been an awesome as a supporters club. So seeing people come out and, and join us at the pregame and postgame parties, and as well as the support from the team and and the players specifically, really understanding you know and wanting to get in touch with the fans. So you're seeing them come over at the end of the game you know, shaking hands, saying hi, taking pictures, signing autographs, and as well as at the at the pub at the post game, there's always players hanging around and, and they're always sure to take the time to come over and talk to the fans and, and take photos. Yeah, that's fantastic. And I think that that's something that it's with every team. And I think that's, that's the exciting thing about Major League Rugby. Um, you know, it's the time after the games that the players come and they appreciate the fans who are coming out. And if there are fans that are joining for, you know, post-game festivities or, you know, post-game social, you know, that's something that, that really adds a different level of respect and camaraderie to the sport that I don't think you get in a lot of the other major league sports. I don't know if you agree with that, but I, I would think that you would. I would completely agree with it. There's, there's not this sense of the players are over here on the left and then, and then the, the fans and everybody else is over here on the right. That's that, that separation really is, is not even there. Yeah. So let me ask you this, like what excites you for the future of, of Major League Rugby in Toronto? Well, has to be most definitely the fact that it's the first season and we're having meaningful conversations at this point about a playoff run for the for the arrows. We're only a couple of points out from a playoff spot. So that would be really exciting. You know, so no matter what happens from this point on, it's been a successful season, in my opinion. Yeah, that's that's definitely something. And of course, you know, I'm definitely would root for you guys outside of the fact that we do play you <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> um, and knowing that, you know, what, what, what we talked about it offline a little bit earlier, you know, four points and that moves you guys up into fourth place in standings. Not that I want you to get a four point game uh, with the bonus point and the win against us. But, uh, you know, I will we'll let that go now. You, you can win a couple games later for that for for that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but you know, I, I think that's something that's great to hear. Like you guys are excited for that and, and for all the good things that are happening in Toronto, um, you know, bringing on as we get into, you know, we talked a little bit about getting into the conferences next year will be pretty interesting. Yeah, I, um, I, reducing that travel a little bit too. I think that's going to be great for, for MLR as a whole. It's going to help foster stronger, stronger rivalries and you'll start to see stories develop between teams. And, I, and I'm really looking forward to seeing how that develops. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I want to I don't want to take too much more of your time. Uh, I do appreciate you coming on, um, talking about it. Uh, Any kind of um, before we get into, you know, talking about the game tomorrow, any special shout outs you want to give to anybody who uh, might be giving in a listen uh, when we post this on uh, on all the different websites and stuff that we post on uh, for the uh, you know, for the group, most definitely the the membership of the supporters club. They've been absolutely awesome in stepping up and, and helping us really get this thing running, and and showing their love for the sport and their passion for the game, and uh, as as well the arrows themselves, um, the organization. I, I mean, I I couldn't name a single name or two. It's just everybody has been fantastic, including the players. Yeah, that's uh, that's that's really great to hear. I, I think that that's going to be, you know, for, for you guys to continue to grow and for Major League Rugby to continue to grow. That's going to be important for us all. Um, so, you know, with that, let's let's talk a little bit about 
tomorrow's game. So what are your thoughts going into the game tomorrow? What are you kind of hoping for? Obviously, I know what you're hoping <laughs> for, but, uh, uh, you know, how do you think the team's been playing? And, you know, what, what do you think? Uh, what do you think the outcome is going to be tomorrow? If you want to give me a, a score line and we can we can debate that for a quick second. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to go ahead and predict uh, a big Toronto win. They've been playing really, uh, really well. Surprise, surprise. Right. They've been playing really, really well the last few weeks um, in, in the beginning of the season at the end of each game there was there was something you could say they needed to work on but I find in the last couple of weeks I couldn't really point to any particular thing that I saw as a weakness and, and that's really exciting to see them closing closing down those holes in the game so I'm predicting a great big Toronto win with a bonus point Oh, ouch. Okay. Well, I, I'm going to, I will, I will respectfully disagree. I think I actually, uh, uh, I'm, you know, it's, it's going to be interesting, right? Because we're both playing on a short week because right. this is the makeup game. And so, um, I think you guys played on, did you play on Sunday or did you play on Saturday? On I can't, I, we play I, again next Sunday, Sunday right? Yeah, so you guys, it, it's going to be an interesting week. I haven't seen what your what your lineup is coming out um, for tomorrow's game yet. Um, yeah, our lineup just came out you know, about a few hours ago, and you know, there, there's a there's you know there's a couple interesting you know selections. It's not our typical line out, um, but you know, hey, this could be exciting. So I, I'm thinking it's going to be it's going to be closer. I don't think uh, it, if you get a bonus point, um, I think it's mostly going to be just because of four tries, but I think the score could be somewhere in the 26 to 23 range. And I'm trying to hope in our, our boys, we've got some, some new backs in the lineup this week. So I think that may be something that, uh, that kind of shines for us a little bit more. So I'm, I'm hoping for, I'll, I'll let you guys have a bonus, your, your one point, but I want to pull us <laughs> off. Uh, we need to get that first one of the season over here. So. <laughs> but Hey man, all, all in good fun and um, really can't thank you enough for, for coming on and just chatting for a few minutes. It's, it's great to hear that you guys are getting such good support, you know, starting off in season one. And we look forward to what's going to happen in season two. Well, thanks very much for having me. And I uh, want to extend the invitation to any of this, any of your supporters are more than welcome to join us at Shopsy's uh, sports bar on the York University campus prior to and after the game. Awesome, man. We appreciate that. Thanks much. And uh, hopefully uh, and next that next season schedule comes out. Hopefully you guys get down to uh, to Austin and you can come down and for a little bit of warm weather instead of some snow and stuff down here. And we can we can treat you guys to a good crawfish boil something down here. It sounds like a plan to me. I know we're already talking about putting together some road trips for next season. Yeah, I will say this. When you guys did come down, there were a few members. I, I do remember seeing them in the crowd. There were two or three, I believe, a husband and wife couple and a couple other Toronto fans that made the trip down from Toronto. I was pretty shocked. And I, I, I think that that's just great that they've made the trip all the way down, especially in the uh, terrible snow. Uh, <laughs> so, hey, Chris, great, great to have you on, man. Good luck with the rest of the season. Uh, good luck in tomorrow's match. And we look forward to uh, seeing more great things come out of the, uh, the Toronto Aero supporters group. Thank you. All right. Have a good one. Man, it was great having Chris on. I really enjoyed that. It was really fun. Uh, we're going to start doing that on a weekly basis. Hopefully, uh, over the course of the rest of this season and the next year, we'll bring some other people on from different clubs around Major League Rugby. I think that's going to be you know, something that, that we all can help work together to build Major League Rugby out and build a solid community base. So, 
do me a favor. If you are up in Toronto, you know, send Chris a message. Send me a message. I'll get you in touch with them, and we'll uh, and we'll really promote the camaraderie of Major League Rugby and give them a good welcome when they come down here to Austin next year. Finally, the game on Thursday night tomorrow. If for me right now, but I guess tonight, if you're listening today, when the, when it comes out on Thursday midday, probably, um, we're looking forward to watching that match. We're all going to meet up at Southern Heights Brewing Company off of 183. They've got good beer. There's a good food truck out there. Come out around 530, 545, whenever you get off work. We'd love to see you out there. I think some of the lads from uh, on the injured list will probably be there. Uh, we're going to try to get some other people there as well. Um, I, I want to see people out there. I want to see people supporting it. Look for me. I'll have the flags. We'll wave them high. Uh, we'll watch the game on on their big screens, and, and they've been really kind and you know, we tried to start this with them that first uh, Toronto game. Yeah, that unfortunately got rained out. Um, but hopefully we can all get out there and, and support the lads. Well, that's all the time I have for today. It's I'm trying to cut the episode down a little bit, but with all these interviews and stuff, it's a little bit longer than normal, I think. We appreciate it. We are back on Spotify. We're back on iTunes podcast. We're back on all of your favorite podcasting plates because... A couple of you did support. You went through the Patreon, which I greatly appreciate, and you donated a few bucks. And that's all that I needed, man. Continue to do this. We appreciate it. Keep sending you know, good thoughts to the players. Next week, we'll feature a couple of you who were kind enough to send in a recording of yourself. Um, one of you couldn't send the recording, so I'll read the recording and you know who you are. Thanks for listening. We'll feature you guys next week. I want to talk more about the supporters group next week. It's going to be a great time here on Thursday watching the Elite play Toronto. As always, it's a pleasure to talk to you. It's a pleasure to bring you all the latest in Austin Elite Rugby. My name is Dustin. Thanks for joining us. I'll see you on the pitch.